So we're doing this whole series on how you and I live in a healthy way with other people. And the topic we're uh, dealing with today is one of the most difficult, and that is the whole area of rebuking one another. Just the word rebuke garners a kind of a fear right out of the gate, uh, unless you're a really unhealthy person. But this is the whole idea of, of pointing out someone else's fault, but it's for their good, not for yours. Hi, this is Eric Hurd, and my podcast is called Relationships by the Book. So why that title? Well, I lived 18 years of my life apart from God, apart from His Word, and my family was one of the most dysfunctional families to grow up in, and we didn't understand relationships. And when I came to know Christ, it absolutely transformed me from the inside out. And I began to understand God's wisdom because I dug into His Word and I saw how much He had to say about relationships. I've been a pastor now for over 45 years, and so this podcast is really an accumulation of the wisdom God's given me in relationships that I want to share with you. Welcome back to the podcast. Eric, how are you? Oh man, it, it's Friday morning. It's 6.30 in the morning and it is a crisp, beautiful day. <laughs> yes. The most enthusiastic morning person of all of us. Oh, absolutely. I live for the morning. I, I think I'm with you in it today. I'm feeling good. Yeah. I got up early. I'm feeling ready to conquer the day. I'm thrilled that we're doing this. Always enjoy getting together and... Uh, as you said in that intro, this is a, a very serious topic to dive into. That's it. Because it doesn't happen very often. And uh, because people have a natural fear, if I point out the faults of another, am I just becoming a judge? And what might be the results? They're so unknown depending on the person. So this is something that we don't see done often and more than often not done well. Should it be something we do often? Oh, there's a million-dollar question right there. Um, I think one has to be very careful how often one does this. Because if you're rebuking people right and left, what have you become? You've become tempted to feel you're better than others. And rebuking is not about you. It is about the benefit of another person. That's the key. So it's not so much an issue of how often. It's more an issue of doing it right. And because it's so hard to do it right, it's seldom done. Yes, because you could probably, on one hand, name the people and the incident and what exactly you were rebuked about. I have been fortunate that I have people that love me, and by the way, that's a key, who have been willing to point out something I may have been blind to or I've formed a habit in. Hmm. Yeah. I, um, I don't, this just came to mind, and it's so cool because... God, you, you know, I love your line. You're the sum of everything that God's, uh, God's prepared you a lifetime for what you'll do next, right? Yes. Yep. Which essentially means everything you've done, experienced, and is you are the sum of all those things, right? Yes. And I just um, <clears throat> just came to mind that uh, you know one of my first jobs ever was at Becker Surfboards in Corona Del Mar. I was a young kid. Yep. That job really led me to becoming a person of faith. And I just remember the guys, I was the young guy on staff, and those guys used to correct me, mm -hmm. you know, hey, don't do this, don't, you know, show up on time, 
be honest, like really char- good characteristic traits, like mm-hmm. those guys spoke into me. And in that setting, I loved it because I had a lot of admiration and respect for those guys. And it just, I don't know, that just sp- jumped into my mind when you started talking right now. So if the person who it's coming from, it can re- be received differently. Oh, so absolutely. Can we can we touch on the relationship part of it? Like, who is an appropriate person to be rebuking or receiving re- being rebuked? Well, I I think you know first of all, like in First Corinthians uh, sixteen fourteen, it says, "Let everything be done in love." You know, the the people that uh, it's most or the easiest for me to receive a rebuke from are people that I know love me. In other words, they have my best interest in mind. Yeah, you know that. That's right. So you look at those guys you were working with. These were guys that cared enough to say, Michael, have you looked at, Michael, you know, if you're going to be successful in this business, you need to. Yeah. And, and you're really proving the point out of, you know, uh, you know the book of Proverbs. It's just this book that really talks about wisdom on the horizontal plane. How do I live well here on earth? And Solomon, one of the wisest men, literally it says he wrote it to his sons. So he's passing on things that he's learned. And in Proverbs 27, uh, verses 5 and 6, it says this, Better is an open rebuke than hidden love. Wounds from a friend can be trusted but an enemy multiplies kisses. In other words, there's a lot of people that will flatter you, say all the nice things, and but sometimes it's done to get something, mm-hmm. to get your approval, to get your attention, whatever it might be. But I love this thing of uh, faithful are the wounds of a friend. Mm-hmm. Because you know when somebody takes the time to say, hey, can I share something with you that you may not see yourself? Sure, and they tell you, and you go, Oh my goodness, I had no idea. You see, you know, there's things that we know, and then there's things people know about us. But then there's things we don't know, and yet other people see it in us. So it's called blind spots. And the reason that oftentimes, you know, we need the rebuke is we're blind to our own words, we're blind to our own behavior. So, you know, um, I, I've been confronted about a number of things over the years, and, uh, and I can almost remember those instances and how painful it was to hear it, but how true it was. Mm. Like, you, you know, and I've said it on this podcast, I used to be a people pleaser. I'm a recovering people pleaser. <laughs> and the problem with a people pleaser is you have to exaggerate accomplishments, but more importantly, if you've done something wrong, you have to cover yourself. And I had a guy who confronted me and said, you know what? You're a liar. And I mean, when he said that, I mean, like I just sank back. Ouch. And he goes, and here's my guess. You've been a liar your entire life, but nobody's confronted you. And oh my gosh, Michael, it was so true. It was so hard, but it was a turnaround for me. Why? Because I trusted the person saying it. It was absolutely true. I was blind to it. And, uh, and so I had to dig in and, and, and find out what, what was driving the lying. It was people-pleasing. I needed the approval of men more than the approval of God. So I look back at that, and that was a pivotal rebuke in my life. Mm. So that, you're touching on the side of receiving a rebuke, mm. which mm. is... I mean, both sides are critical. Oh, absolutely. Both sides. Okay. Because uh, it, can, it can, like you said, it hurt. Mm-hmm. It can be so hard to hear these things. 
how do we what do we do to calibrate ourselves so that we know we can receive a rebuke and benefit from it rather yeah. than be you know the, rather than the opposite right and it, it really uh, the, the greatest motive of rebuke is love so if I'm motivated out of love because it is the greatest commandment because when I love I don't sin there were 613 commands when Jesus was asked, what's the greatest command? And, and he says, to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, strength, and mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. If I do that, I don't sin. Mm. So I know that the motive has to be love. So it's not about me. Even though I may, ben- I may benefit from that rebuke because that person may shift their behavior. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, so in, in this case, motive is love. And, uh, and then how do I then, wh- what's, the, what's the fuel? And I believe it is, it is going back to Galatians 6, is that if I'm going to rebuke or confront somebody, I need to do it in a spirit of gentleness and humility. Mm-hmm. Those two things are the greatest fuels to do rebuking right. Gentleness is I'm not in a hurry. I, I'm not trying to make the person feel bad. I, I have a tone that is, is caring. So there's the gentle, and then the humility is, man, anytime you're rebuking somebody, to some degree or another, you have the spectrum of that sin. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So, so I might rebuke somebody who I, I find out is having an affair, or I rebuke somebody... For who, lying, like you were saying. Yeah. But here's the thing. So I've never lied before. No. I, yeah, I've never, never. covered my, my wrongdoings. So, so if I go with gentleness... In other words, you know, I'm doing this and it's difficult, and, and but I want to do it right. I go in gentleness, and then I add humility. I find people are more than likely willing to receive it. Mm-hmm. But again, so oftentimes, it's not done well at all, and because it's about the other person. Now, let me. This is this might be a hard one for you because you're a pastor, right? Most I people, am a pastor. Yes. Okay, okay. You are a pastor, but. That shapes who you are a bit, right? And certainly shapes relationships in your life because a lot of people will come to you seeking guidance, wisdom, counsel, what have you, Yes. right? They come looking for that or the relationship with you is already established that you're a person I can get certain guidances from, right? For the rest of us, you know, we're just friends and coworkers and family members and stuff. The relationships are, you know, you know, I'm sure yours are reciprocal, but I don't know. The playing field is maybe a little more level for us. Okay. Now, now, okay. What you're, what you're describing is, is, is different playing fields. Like there's a playing field. Like if I'm a therapist, I'm a counselor, you know, and somebody comes to me, the minute somebody comes into my office, um, there's a, there's a proverb that says unsolicited counsel is folly. Now they're coming to me for counsel. Okay, so so I don't I have an open door to listen and listen well to, to discern and then to speak into. Yeah. So so I've been given permission, but but the harder part is when uh, I'm just in everyday relationship and I'm not in a counseling role, mm-hmm. if you will. Sure. And and that's where I need to be very careful and I need to ask, you know, hey, I there's something I wanted to bring up. That I, it's tough for me, but I I love you or I care too much not to say something, and and you go okay, 
Mm-hmm. And, and, and so, yeah, you have to seek permission. But for me in my office, and, you know, one of the things I'm dealing with a lot these days is uh, subtle or covert forms of abuse in marriage. Like when you think about marriage, think about the couples that may come to me. Okay, they have a problematic marriage. Well, what are the problems? Usually it's in the area of communication. Okay, well, what forms of communication are they using? And, you know, uh, here's the thing is, in, in, in conversations with a spouse, it is amazing the things you'll say when you're hurt to your spouse. Yeah. I have people say, I never wanted to be that person, or I never thought I'd ever say something like, I hate you, or I wished I would have never married you, or, you know, you think you're so great, you know, and, 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 and so literally I see a lot of abuse in marriage. Yeah. And, and so one of the things that I've been willing to do is to open up my own story and, uh, and, and say, hey, I want to share with you something. I am not a judgmental person because I have no, there's no uh, freedom I have to judge you in light of what I did early on in my marriage. So I kind of set a level playing field. But I need to say the way you guys talk to each other is abusive. Mm. Like the Bible in, in Ephesians 4 says, let no unwholesome word proceed from your mouth, but only such a word that is uh, appropriate that edifies in that moment. That's a great guideline for this whole rebuking thing, because oh, you may yes. think you want to rebuke someone and then consider that, and you may rethink rebuking uh, yes. at all. Yeah, like why am I doing it? What you know? What's going to be the result? You know, but again, faithful are the wounds of a friend. The people I trust most are the people that have been willing to speak into me, who have seen things like uh, covetousness, where I, I I wasn't content, I didn't, I, I wasn't uh, happy with what God had given me, and I always was looking at what every other every other person had. So I've been confronted on covetousness. I've been confronted on impatience. I've been confronted on lying. And, and so, you know, what I what I appreciate is the people that took the time, and I know it's one of the hardest things to do because it's an uncomfortable conversation. But man, when it is done well and it's done with the right motive, oh my goodness, it's one of the best gifts somebody can give you. Mm-hmm. Now, help me out with this one because there's certain people in our lives that we're really close with and others that... You know, there's layers to relationships. Some people are in the closest circle, the next ring, and so on. And so with Crystal and I, we're at the closest level, right? Yes. And we are often speaking into one another um, and often in the topic of parenting. Hey, I think we should do this or that. And I can recall a time recently where um, I think it was the end of the day, we're kind of you know, kind of preparing to go to bed, brushing our teeth, stuff like that. And I go, hey, babe, I want to talk to you about something. And, um, you know, I ended up, I I told Crystal I thought the way she handled something with the kids could have been handled better, basically. And immediately when I started to talk about it, she just rolled her eyes and was like, come on, are you kidding me? Like, I am trying so, she's doing so much. And the truth is, she does so much more than I even can begin to see. And um, here I am coming home from work going, hey, you know, I was upstairs, you know, putting away my briefcase, and I'd been with adults all day, and you've been hanging out with toddlers all day, but I I think you could step it up, you know, right? (laughs) I'm an idiot. But in all honesty, 
if I really look at that moment that Chris with the kids, sure, she could have done things differently. <laughs> and I would like to handle those situations differently. She raised her voice in an instant that didn't, the kids didn't really do anything that bad, but she was at the end of the day, yeah. right? She was just like, come on, stop guys. Yeah. Whatever. I forget the situation, but I didn't need to rebuke her right there. No. But I'm a close friend. I wanted her to grow in as a parent and be the best mom that she can be. I want her to have the best relationship with her. Like, there's so many reasons why I was right in helping her to be the best parent she could be. But my timing was off, mm. and I was I was ununderstanding. Yeah. Well, you you again, you're hitting a very important thing. So if my motive is love, and and I'm doing it for the best interest of the other person. You hit something, and that is the wisdom of knowing timing. Yeah. And how do I go about go, go about approaching that? And usually, it's not in the heat of the moment. It's not right after the incident, because you know people are exhausted. People, you know, like like you said, you know, uh, it had just happened, and and I just felt like I needed to say something, and it was not a good timing for her, and uh, and so that's why inquiry. Hey, babe, I've got something tough I need to talk with you about. Is this a good or bad time? Yeah, that's kind of what I was getting at is how to pose that question because (laughs) Crystal and I always have stuff to talk about. We're raising kids. We're paying bills. We're in the thick of life in Orange County. (laughs) And I think even if I posed that question in that moment, she would probably – I feel like – because I have done that. Hey, there's something I want to talk about. You know, when's a good time? Crystal's like, here we go. Let's just talk about it. You know, mm-hmm. like I'm our, you know, there's no good time for a young mother, yeah. <laughs> especially when she's pregnant. So, yeah, and pregnant. So, I, that's a that's a I guess sort of unique. But some moms are busy for years and years on end, right? Yeah. So we, I think us as husbands, it's just such a. We have to be so careful with that. It's re- yeah. There's probably better. It's better opportunity to just encourage than rebuke. Oh, oh yeah, because you you, you want to have. Um, it, it's like again a bank account. You want to have uh, an abundant bank account when you when you have to take a withdrawal. Yeah. See, and so That's if, cool. if your bank account is on is on red in red, uh, I, I would not rebuke at all. <laughs> You've overdrafted. <laughs> you yeah. <laughs> Exactly. There's a fee. <laughs> but, but again, I, I want to go back to it's this tension you feel. And, you know, uh, you, what you want to be careful of is giving yourself excuses for not rebuking. Ooh. See, and that's the other thing. I think there's um, a lot of Christians who simply it's, it's uncomfortable. Well, yeah, it is. But, you know, if, if it's uncomfortable, but see what you're doing, you're making it about you. Yeah. See, it's about my discomfort. But wait a minute. If I, if my motive is love, I care too much to not say something. Mm-hmm. See, and, and so sometimes the timing isn't always perfect. But I, I, I think there is the thing of wisdom, knowing the time. How do I go about it? Where do I rebuke them? You know, like you, you know, you're not going to rebuke somebody in in a in a, a restaurant when there's a lot of people around and other people can hear. Mm. And so knowing where, when why you're doing it so it's the the old five w's yeah you got it what, we have to where? examine ourselves you keep bringing that up the unexamined life isn't worth living that's it and so if i examine you know is this a good time and you know like i i i had a couple um you know one of the things that um that is easy as a as a as a pastor is to use the bible as a weapon 
<laughs> you weaponize the word of God. Mm-hmm. So, so we speak the truth, but it's not in love. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, like um, I deal with uh, a lot of sin. You know, in fact, I'm still wondering what I'm going to do in heaven. Right. <laughs> like, I, I'm not going to be a pastor. There's no weddings and, and, and memorials in, in heaven. There's no counseling, you know. And so what am I going to do? Probably trim trees. But yeah. anyway, uh, so one of the things I'm, I'm having to deal with is people's brokenness and sin. So, uh, you know, one of the big, um, you know, cultural uh, uh, shifts has been cohabitation. And now I can I can cite verses, you know, like in Hebrews where it says, "Keep the wedding bed undefiled, for neither fornicators nor adulterers will enter, enter the kingdom of heaven." So, so, so I have a couple across the table from me, and I go, you know, you guys, you guys are, you just haven't done this right. You guys are living together. You're playing house. You know, the Bible says, and so I use it as a weapon. Okay, but to rebuke. It is it, it with, with when the motive is love is literally to help someone see something they don't see. Most of the couples who are cohabiting have never walked through in a reasonable way. Had somebody walked through, why would God say keep the wedding bed undefiled? Why is you know um, a living together you know an unhealthy or unwise thing to do. Mm-hmm. And I find when I'm able to address it directly, hey, could I address this issue that, you know, you guys, I, I know from your diagnostics, you're living together. Can I talk about that for a little bit? Mm-hmm. And they go, yes. Now I can openly rebuke them that what they're doing is really setting themselves up for disappointment mm-hmm. because couples that live together are building a relationship off distrust. In other words, they're saying, let's try this out and if it works, we'll get married. Yeah, if it doesn't. But here's the problem. You get married, you're going to have problems. And so the, the divorce rate on cohabit, cohabiting couples is huge. So I help point that out. So rebuke is not the opposite of love. Rebuke is with love. Mm-hmm. And, and so, you know, when, when you do it wisely, people receive it. It changes their lives. And, and you know, but it's very easy, again, to to use the scriptures as a weapon. Yeah, interesting. So we just kind of keep coming full circle over and over on this. Is we, It's a good thing to do, but we, we always need to be careful. Yes. And, and, you know, because, again, I think one of the number one reason people don't rebuke is they're afraid of becoming judges. Mm-hmm. But think about, you know, when Jesus said, do not judge lest you be judged, for in that you judge, you'll be judged by the same measure. First, take the log out of your eye before you're taking the speck out of your, your brother's eye. Mm-hmm. Here's why I believe that, that God placed me in a position to, in a healthy way, rebuke other people. Why? It's because I have worked so hard on my own personal growth. Mm. I am fiercely aware of my own brokenness and sin. And so if it, it, when and if I, I, God prompts me to rebuke somebody, Man, it, it is with a gentle, gentleness and a humility, a, a recognition of my own brokenness. And so I've been taking the log out of my eye so that I could d- address the speck in my brother's eye. What a, an awesome line you just said. Fiercely aware of my own brokenness. Oh. Because oh, we all can be there. Oh. We don't always go there, but we, we are all broken people. No question, right? Yeah. Everybody I've ever met. And... Uh, to to seek that awareness is 
a very powerful um, practice in life. It can really benefit us, right? Well, and and how long have you been walking with Jesus? Oh, I don't even know. Like, yes, fifteen years, I think. Yeah, for me, it's been forty-eight. Okay, here's a huge learning: is that I honestly thought when I was first a Christian that it's just this ascension that that your spiritual walk is just you get holier and holier and there gets to be a point you can walk on water people will go now there's a godly man Mm -hmm. and it's just the opposite if you're a healthy person the closer you get to jesus the the light of his holiness just who am i Mm -hmm. i i become i i literally have become way more aware of how broken a man I really am. And, and I'm willing to acknowledge that. And so it's not this thing where you, you finally arrive or you know, you've achieved some kind of holy state. No. It's just the closer you get to the light, the more you see the crud in your own life. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, it's, I, I think that's why some of the best people that rebuke are the people who have been walking with Jesus a long time and they have a healthy walk so that they're able in humility and gentleness to rebuke others. Mm-hmm. And those have been the kind of people in my life that I value, that see things in me that I didn't see in myself. Yeah. This is a cool topic. I think, um, you know, there's, there's probably, you, you, you speak to a lot of people in spiritual conversation. Mm-hmm. And I think you know me. I'm a salesperson. I'm a talker. If there's silence in the room, I feel it, right? <laughs> And so I'm probably quick to rebuke, but some people are much more quiet than I am. So you're speaking to a, a large audience here, yeah. and we're not all like me. So I'm, I'm hearing a, you know, a, a variety of approaches to this subject, but something I'm, I'm hearing you kind of visit over and over again is it's okay to, to rebuke sometimes. Oh, sure. And, and you know, like uh, Paul, uh, his protege, Timothy, you know, he, he said you're, you're to admonish, correct, and rebuke others. Now, here he is, a young minister, and Paul's saying, no, you need to rebuke people. But, but, but what's, what's again, uh, the motive? It's about the other person. Yeah. So that's why in, in 1 Timothy 1.7, he said, God did not give you a spirit of timidity, but of power, love, and a sound mind. When you move at people with a sense of confidence, power, love, I care more about them than myself, and a sound mind, I've been discerning and, and, and aware of something I've got to talk to somebody about. So if I move in that, so, so anybody listening to this podcast, here's what I would say. How have you been at receiving a rebuke? Because if you don't receive it well, then you shouldn't do it. It is a reciprocal aspect. Mm. Am I willing to receive rebuke? And when I am, I'm postured to be able to give a rebuke. And again, the motive is love. That's a cool little point there. And uh, before we rebuke anyone, it would be good to remember to how would I react mm-hmm. to being rebuked? That's it. Yeah. How would I want somebody to speak that into me? Mm-hmm. Because again, whatever sin I see in you is in me to some degree or another. And, and so how would I want somebody to rebuke me? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's cool. Absolutely. I, I'm really glad we've talked about this topic. It's not easy, but it's such a necessary one. 
And again, faithful are the wounds of a friend. Is there somebody that you've been holding back from correcting, from, from, from really pointing out something? Talk to them and go in that, that gentleness and humility. But the other thing is, are you also postured and are you close enough to people? You know, like one of the things you know about me is, is the close people around me. I say, hey, if, if there's anything I do that frustrates you or angers you, tell me. You invite it. I invite it. That's a cool point to, to kind of bring this first circle. We, sh- you know, we should really probably take inventory of the people in our lives that who we respect and would want it from and, and make it a, a point to go out and invite rebuking it yeah. on occasion. Yeah, now, now I did that uh, to a Bible study. I told him, guys, I, I'm open to, if there's something I've done wrong. <laughs> it turned into a roast. Oh, oh Lord, <laughs> this one guy could not get up in front soon enough to talk to me after the Bible study. And he confronted me on, I was joking uh, that uh, in, in uh, I said, I look for dirty words in the Bible. And uh, there's, a, there's a word that is um, animal excrement. <laughs> Paul says uh, that uh, he, he seeks to know Christ. And, and, and he says, to know Christ, um, I, I got to get this verse right. He goes, um, uh, I count it but rubbish compared to the surpassing uh, uh, benefit of knowing Christ. The word rubbish is literally animal excrement. So I said, there's a dirty word in the Bible. And he said, do you really need to do that? <laughs> he goes, I find that offensive. I went, wow, that he would even say that. Yeah. And I don't know that I've joked about that ever again. Cool. Yeah. So I'm, I'm open for rebuke. That's awesome. You got any rebuke for me, Michael? Always. No. Oh. We, we give each other a hard time because we're family. <laughs> no, that is true. Uh, anyway, Michael, thanks for talking about this to- topic. I hope it's been beneficial. It has. Cool. Well, uh, as always, we welcome... Any comments, questions, whatever, what have you, uh, it's relationshipbythebook at outlook.com. And um, you can also find us on social media. All right, looking forward to next time. Oh, absolutely.